Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 149th episode of the Lunch Pell Guys podcast. I'm here with all of the usual crew this week. We got Lucas, we got Jared, we got Bart, we got Wyatt, and I'm your host, Aiden. Uh, and as per usual, we're going to start off with some news we missed, specifically some NFL news that we're not going to discuss in depth today. Uh, though maybe we should discuss this first one in depth. DK Metcalf used the card apparently to get off the ba- to get off the field because he had to go to the bathroom during this week's Seahawks-Lions game. Any comments on that? You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Classic Paul Pierce. (laughs) True, true. He's just being efficient, you know? The card's there. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't waste energy walking when you can just use the card. Exactly. Save that for the field. Come on. Seahawks fans were probably pretty terrified for a minute, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And continuing... Staying in Seattle, we're uh, going to talk about the fact that the Seahawks' 48-45 win over the Lions was scoregami this week. So it's that's the first time that score, 48-45, has ever happened in the NFL. I love scoregami. Scoregami is my favorite game within the game in all of football. So <laughs> I support it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like not, I feel like, the most unusual looking score ever. It's just high scoring. Um, so Exactly. Shout out, yeah. yeah. Shout out Jared Goff. Shout out Geno Smith for really, yeah, putting up some points. Dude, I'm this Lions team sh- yeah. should be in the power rankings right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. Number one offense, number thirty-two defense. <laughs> Crazy, but no, um, it's one of those like common scoregamis that like always shows up in like the Twitter bot that they have that does it. Like, there's always a high percentage of it happening. It's like forty-eight, forty-five, which got this weekend. Thirty-six, twenty-three is one of them. Eight to seven is one of them. There was like some pretty common ones. Wait, so eight to seven has never happened. Never happened, no. Yeah, it's kind of a weird score to get to. Wow, but the the but if you you know if no, it was seven nothing and it, then they you, just really went for it, didn't want to go two. to OT. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it, like people don't go for two on their first touchdown of the game usually. Yeah, it's what like situationally the, really weird. Like, unless but you don't score to, a touchdown all it's game in the fourth quarter though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like I feel like teams don't go for two in the NFL way. that often, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They usually but go for the like they're, they're doing it more. They are so. doing it more. Oh. Yeah, I think the only situation where it could happen is if like you're you need to win to like get into the playoffs or something like that, and you're down seven nothing mm-hmm. and score a touchdown as time expires, mm-hmm. and then need to get the two point conversion. Like that's the only scenario in which I think that's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. Because a lot of times a team would go for two if they feel like they have the momentum, but I guess if you've been shut out all game and then you finally put together a great drive, maybe you feel like you you have it, you have the magic right then, and don't want to, you know, trust OT. Yeah, and there's never going to be an eight to seven game, I don't think, in which a team goes up eight to nothing, because then it's like, why would you go exactly. for the extra point if you're already down eight nothing? <laughs> 
and then yeah, that would mean that the team that then <laughs> scored the touchdown would have just gone for one instead of trying to tie the game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, I could so see or they had two coach. safeties on a on a field goal, you know. Also, has possible. there has there has there the ever been an eight to six game? An eight to six game. That's Probably a good question. Was the 11-10 game uh, between the Broncos 49ers, was that a scoregami? Uh, mm. No, it's happened twice. Mm. It was only the second time it's ever happened. The other time was... You uh, just had the scoregami. It like the 30 or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I did. Uh, I, I mean, it starts like a minute ago in case we needed to debate anything more in depth. Uh, the Steelers beat the Chargers in 2008, 11-10. Mm. Also, 8-6 to six happened. Mm. Uh in when the Boston Braves beat the Chicago Cardinals in 1932. Tell me that sounds like a baseball game. Everything about <laughs> that sounds like a baseball game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Moving on from Scorigami, which we could talk about for hours. Uh, Kenny Pickett, finally, after <laughs> three weeks, uh, took the starting job from Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so he was put in at halftime, I think, of the Jets game or right before half of the Jets game. And put up, you know, did solid through a bunch of interceptions, but honestly looked way better than Mitch. So, shout out <laughs> Kenny. He's going to be the starting quarterback this week. And finally, in news that is near and dear to the heart of at least one member of this podcast, the Vikings in London won on a double doink. So the kicker hit one of the side uprights and then the bottom, and the kick missed. Uh, to it would have tied the game and forced overtime but anyways the vikings you know the gods were on the viking side which doesn't usually happen um there are a couple instances couple notable instances but when they play the saints they always win on miracles yeah Yeah, exactly they're they're a miracle team but they (laughs) lacking in titles for a team that has miracles um but anyway (laughs) so vikings got that dub over the saints so moving on finally to things that we will actually talk about we're going to talk about something that sucks first um so Tua this week or two weeks ago took a blow to the head against the bills in week three and despite showing concussion symptoms was quickly subbed back into the game uh he then started or the dolphins started him just four days later on thursday night football against the Bengals. he took another hard hit that you know he looked immobilized for a second he had to be carted off the field um, he's going to be out for a bit. There's a lot of conversation about how the Dolphins handled this. Wyatt, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I don't want to be the person whose personal opinion outweighs the opinion of a trained medical professional. And that's kind of that's been a huge problem in our country for the last couple of years, and I'm not going to be a guy who uh, <laughs> who wants to put himself out there in that category. And so we're never really going to know the official diagnosis of Tua's injury. And or at least assume we don't know, because this is a developing story. Uh, we will know more as time goes on. He is set to interview with the NFLPA about his procedure, but it does seem really fishy on what is happening with the dolphins. And for me, the dolphins organization clearly does not get the benefit of the doubt because of their commitment to corporate malpractice. <clears throat> that Miami is one of the worst ran franchises in the league. They are always doing something shady or wrong or outside of the rule books. So I don't have an official take on whether or not Tua had a concussion, but it is an, it is an all-time awful situation for a guy to have a concussion that bad. 
for his hands to be in such a stiff position. And after firing the independent doctors, it does seem that in some capacity, Tua was not fit to return back to the Bengals game and then play four days later and suffer a an extremely severe concussion uh, against the Bengals. Excuse me, he was not fit to return to the Bills game. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna, gonna speculate whether or not he had a concussion because uh, I don't think that really gets us anywhere. But it does just seem like the Dolphins have. Uh, sold to a, a little short and left him out to dry because I don't think he was supposed to play back in that Bills game and then play four days later on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, I agree that the Dolphins are do not appear to be a well-run franchise at all. Super shady with all their stuff with Tom Brady, Brian Flores, and all this. It's pretty crazy. I will, I will say I feel bad for Mike McDaniel. I believe him at least with what he said about the mm-hmm. optics and, and thinking that they were doing things right. So I, I feel like, like you mentioned, why with the, the doctor getting fired, it, there was something else weird going on there. And I think now the coach and the rest of the coaching staff have to look bad, even though it probably wasn't, you know, they didn't really do anything wrong. And Granted, Tua like wobbling and falling as he walked off the field at one point was, should have been a <laughs> pretty clear indicator. But <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I believe Mike McDaniels yeah. when he said that he, he would, wouldn't have put him out there. But you have to be inclined to follow the opinion of what your doctors say. Um, so I get it. But it also now seems like they're erring on the side of extreme caution because they've ruled him out entirely for this next week with a concussion when he may be able to pass protocols on Friday, Saturday. But they've just now it's it's Tuesday and they've already said that he's not going to go. And it honestly seems like this could be like a culture shift kind of moment, if only from a public pressure kind of perspective of that teams when they're on the fence about playing a guy or not could possibly err on the side of caution purely, you know, not for the greatest reason, but for the fact that the the Dolphins have gotten, you know, terrible press for this. They might err on the side of caution, and that's probably a good thing when it comes to head injuries, so... Yeah, even with, like, on the Sunday Night Football broadcast and all that, they were talking about it in, like, a relatively critical light for, like, what I feel like is maybe the first time ever on a football broadcast that I've ever heard. Like, Chris Collindorff specifically, like, noted, like, he didn't think it was handled well. So I think that that is, like, another, like, big sort of culture shift moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's no longer, like, oh, he came back in the game immediately. Like, what a tough guy. It was, like, they shouldn't have done that. Um Anyways, moving on to our bi-weekly power rankings. We're going to go through the top 10 teams in the NFL. We're going to start out with Lucas, who you got at number one. All right, well, I think that the best team in the NFL, unquestioned, is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't even have to feel bad about picking this. I've seen this in multiple other power rankings. I don't even think this is a homer pick. Like Usually when I pick the Eagles, it is. But I think I picked them the last two times, maybe. And they haven't been homer picks, I think. I think they've been fairly ranked. <laughs> we'll start off, uh, and personally from my perspective, um, we'll start off uh, with the I mean, the quintessential stat that I think proves that they're number one in the power rankings, that they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL at this point. Yeah, that that has to count for something, I would imagine. They've got some good wins in there. Uh, both the Vikings and Jags, I think, are somewhat legit teams. Um and they're sort of dominating across every single statistical category you could imagine. They're second in total yards per game, behind the one and three Lions. Uh, they're sixth in passing yards per game. They're fourth in rushing yards per game. 
Them and the Lions are the only two teams that are top sixth in both rushing and passing yards per game. But unlike the Lions, their defense is also really good. They're third in yards per game. They're tenth in points per game. And they have the best turnover differential in the whole NFL. Uh, I just think it's like a really complete team when you watch. And you have different guys who are sort of leading the team every week. Well, like, Hurts has been consistent. Like, this past week, like, Miles Sanders at running back really stepped up when he had been sort of quiet all season. The week before that, it was sort of Devontae Smith that was the star. Before that, it was A.J. Brown. Like, you're getting contributions on the offense from guys all around. And the same goes for the defense. Like, James Bradbury was really good this past weekend. Um, the weekend before that, or, sorry, two weeks ago when they played the Vikings, uh, you had Darius Slay, who had the game of his life against uh, the Vikings uh, with, I think, two interceptions, and he probably could have had, like, five based on how he was playing. So I think it's just, like, you're getting really good, consistent performances across the board, and they just look dominant, like, on both sides of the ball. They even overcame some adversity this weekend on, like, a cold, rainy day um, up in Philly this weekend. Um, So, yeah, I think the Eagles are the unquestioned number one team. Yeah, I can't question that, to be honest. Bart, who you got at number two? Yeah, I, I agree. I also have the Eagles at one. I have the Bills at two, and the Bills probably would be my pick at one if they had beaten the Dolphins two weeks ago, but they didn't. However, I still think the Bills seem like the most complete team in the league, uh, and I they're probably like I would choose them in the Super Bowl over the Eagles if that matchup happened hypothetically. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the Dolphins game easily could have gone in the in the Bills' favor. Remember that the the Bills' uh, defense was super banged up. Um, they had a really impressive win against the Ravens team who themselves are probably going to be in the power rankings at some point. That's a really solid team, and that was an impressive comeback. Josh Allen is still the you know the odds-on favorite to an MVP right now. I just think that the Bills are more well-rounded than the Eagles, but I concede that that loss is, is a, um, a knock against them, so I, I'm taking the Bills at two. Okay, number three, I'm sticking with the current Blue Bloods. I'm taking the Chiefs. They had their hiccup loss against the Colts, but they looked really good against the Bucks. I mean, they, they ran away with that game against a, a good Bucks defense. It wasn't really ever close in Mahomes' first matchup against Brady since uh, Super Bowl 55. Um, you know, they took the foot off the gas a bit in the second half, but they scored on four of their first five possessions. They are pretty much moving the ball at will against the Bucks, And you see a lot of, like, the bit players on the Chiefs really heating up. Valdez Scantling and Juju had big catches in the Bucks game. Big players, dang. Uh, yeah, I mean Valdez Scantling maybe. No, Juju right. is a bit more, but no one besides Kelsey on their offense really, to me, is like a headline guy yet, at least. Yeah. Um, and you know Sky Moore, who's finally doing something. Their second round pick. Uh, you got Isaiah uh, Pacheco at a Rutgers. Uh, runs mm-hmm. with a purpose. And, you know, you run angry after getting blown out every week in college, I guess. Uh, (laughs) You know, they really haven't had a gimme either yet in their in their first few games. I get the Colts have been bad, um, but so far they've pretty much passed the test. So I think they're they're number three. Okay, Wyatt, you got it. Number four. At number four, I have the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a legit team. Um, I really like the way that their offenses ran. I, I picked them at number three, I think, the last time I picked really highly. Um, so I really like – I just like everything that they have. Their defense is legit, and I think that was the hugest, biggest question going in, was how good were they going to be without a great defensive mind like Brian Flores. And they've, they've stepped up to the plate entirely. So I, I really like what Miami's doing. If Jalen Waddell is able to be a full participant – 
uh, on that team. There's nobody that could stop their wide receiver duo. So uh, Miami Dolphins are the fourth best team in the league. Jared, who you got at number five? I hope that this one is a bit of a shock, but maybe it's not based on some power rankings I saw. The fifth best team in the league is the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Look, they've blown two 17-point leads at this point. And for me, this early in the season, I'm not going to punish them for that yet. If it becomes a trend throughout the rest of the season, I will. But for now, I'm going to bank on potential a little bit. And Bart, you mentioned that Josh Allen is the odds-on favorite, which um, is what Vegas says. But for my money, I I think it should be Lamar Jackson. He's leading the league in passing touchdowns. He has, according to StatMuse, he has more rushing yards than Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Elair. That's crazy. Him and Jalen Hurts, for sure, are the MVP frontrunners right now, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And I'm banking on that potential. And for the Ravens, historically, being a more defensive franchise to turn it around. And hopefully Kyle Hamilton starts playing better. And Harbaugh's a really good NFL coach, too, I think. So... I'm going to put the Ravens here at five. And think about, by the way, if they hadn't blown those leads, they would have had wins over the Dolphins and Bills, who are you know two of the top four teams in the league right now. So, yeah. and, and honestly, they looked better than Buffalo. I think it was just one of those last-minute you know, uh, things. But I thought that they, they, they were a very impressive team, and I want to put them higher. Yeah. Okay, Lucas, back to the top with number six. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Um, but I think the sixth best team is the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought I was going to have to pick them at 10. No, I, I thought I thought you were going to pick them at five, honestly. <laughs> um, the total number of three and one teams at the NFL is like not that many at this point. <laughs> we have the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, four teams. In the, or three teams in the NFC East, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Vikings, Packers. But I think, I don't know, part of me just wants to say the Cowboys at this point. Their defense is elite. Uh, they're top 10 in yards per game. They're third best in points per game. They're top 10 in turnover differential. Cooper Rush has actually played really well in Dak's place. They have a really good win over the Bengals. They hang into the Giants, their only loss. Like I think the resume is actually relatively impressive at this point for what they've been doing. And it's gonna be tough. Like their division is gonna be very good this year, but I I, I can't believe it's yeah, again, me saying this, but I think the Cowboys <laughs> are a legit team. And congratulations, Jared. They're sixth in the power rank. <laughs> Thank you. Get one thing I wanna say too, by the way, about the Cowboys, if it got to me, is all this talk over the offseason was about their offensive line's going to struggle. Right now, they've only allowed six sacks, which is tied for yeah. fifth best in the league right now. That's, I mean, their offensive line's doing really well, actually. <laughs> you can't let Cooper Rush get injured. They know that. You know? Oh, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So they, they up their game. <laughs> I think I think Dak's coming back this week, too. He's he trying he to, wants yeah. to come back. Yeah, he, he wants, wants to. to come back. Oh, that should knock them down a few pegs then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dak's holding them back. <laughs> Okay, Bart at number seven. Honestly, I'm really surprised by that Cowboys pick. I'm kind of like trying to gather my bearings here. Um, I, I'm i really tempted to say the Jags, but I won't do it. I won't do it. I love the Jags right now, but I'm going to say uh-huh. the Bengals at seven. What? Bengals are looking mm-hmm. good this year. They're it's looking the right better pick. than they did. Thank you, Wyatt. <laughs> two and two, honestly, for the Bengals doesn't do them justice. 
Uh, both of their losses were only by three points each. They're fifth in Pythagorean projection, which what? is a better indicator of. <laughs> is this a real stat? What is this? Nobody else knows the Shaq quote with like the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> no, but this is <laughs> a real thing that actually makes sense. <laughs> okay. okay, I got you. I got when you, you do, when you, it's approximately it's your points scored squared divided by your points po- scored squared. Plus your points allowed squared. <laughs> it's a better predictor of Super Bowl winner than the team with the best record. Okay. Oh my I goodness. Did you just make that up? That's crazy. No. <laughs> Look at football outside. Read read some statistics, people, once in a while. Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> You're gonna try to embarrass me when I left the Pythagorean fat. stuff back in third grade. I don't know. Yeah. You learned about you were that learning in the third grade. I don't know. I just I, just said that. I, I feel like elementary school for sure. <laughs> Which Jared Anyways. was for geniuses. <laughs> no. Apparently not. No, I, don't I was in the same school. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mark. Let's just here. We can football outsiders who created this stat like wrote an article. I think this was in like, 03. We can just put that on our Twitter. There's just the reason why they're not wrong. insiders. Okay. okay. And, anyway. <laughs> um. The Bengals are one of five teams that are in the top half in the league in offensive and defensive EPA, which I think really says a lot. Most teams that are only good at one or the other, not both. Joe Burrow looked bad in the first two games. Now he looks really good. Their offensive line was crumbling in the first two games. They've only given up three sacks in the past two weeks, and their defense has improved since the first two weeks as well. So remember when I said this offseason that the Bengals are a Super Bowl appearing team that seemed to only get better this offseason that's where i'm coming from here i think i think they're they're growing back into that uh expectation now so i'm saying Bengals at seven fair enough um at eight i'm gonna take the 49ers another two and two team and maybe this is recency bias because they had a really dominant win against the rams on monday their pass rush just overwhelmed matt stafford all night you know you, you don't need jimmy g to do all that much when the defense plays like that um, so, you know, Debo looked great after a very pedestrian start to the season for him. So they, they have had that, they had a meh loss against the Broncos in that 11-10 really ugly game. But they're now 2-1 and one in the Jimmy G era. We're going to forget about that Bears <laughs> game in the rain, okay? Uh, and I think they're the best team in the NFC West. So that's a super confusing <laughs> division. You know, all four teams are 2-2 two two right now. And you never know. Could be Geno Smith's year, so you can't discount that. Uh, but I think that they have the upper hand in that division at the moment. Yeah. Debo doing better, but not well enough for me to beat Jared at Fantasy this week. Uh, Tyler Higby <laughs> saving me. Hey. Saving <laughs> me. Also, like, one point. <laughs> not angry, though. I got to play Bart, so sorry. I can't. <laughs> can't sympathize. Okay, Wyatt, who you got at nine? Is this 2017? I'm going at number nine. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yes. my god! Yeah, good, good, good pick, good pick, good pick, good pick, good pick. Well, I wanted to pick them also. They are the sixth highest graded offense right now and the fourth highest rated defense right now. Here's a take: Trayvon Walker for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He actually really looks like the first or the right pick. Everyone clowning him that he was not a finished product. Right now, if you pass, if you look at the eye test, he passes every test. He's fantastic, and and Trevor Lawrence finally looks like a quarterback who's kind of gotten into his own a little bit. What a difference it makes when Urban Meyer is not your head coach. James Robinson is running like his old self a couple years ago. Travis Etienne is not exactly fantastic, but at least Christian Kirk looks like he is living up to his seventeen million dollar year contract. So good for him. Good for the Jaguars. They are atop of the AFC South, and I think they're going to win that division. Book it. Yeah, book that. Sure. Anyway. 
<laughs> also, by the way, my Matt Rule take is looking really good. Yes, that, that is for sure. <laughs> Any day now. Um, but oh, Jared at 10, <laughs> round us out. Uh, I'm kind of thrown for a loop right now. I definitely did not expect this team to fall to me, so I don't have that many notes, but I'm going to say the Giants. Minnesota Vikings, actually. Um, they're 3-1 they're and one right now. The other team I would consider would be the Packers, but the Vikings have beaten the Packers, so I want to give no, some credit to that. Chance. Yes, they did get kind of smacked around by the Eagles, but that's that's the gap between 1-10 and 10 right now in the NFL, I think. So um, If they can figure it, and they have Justin Jefferson, too, who's an elite transformational wide receiver. We've seen the... <laughs> impact that that can have by itself on a team with Cooper Cup on the Rams, obviously leading them to that Super Bowl year. And basically just Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase having that chemistry kind of propelling them to the Super Bowl. We'll see. Um, our listeners on Instagram sp- have spoken and said that Kirk Cousins is holding the Vikings back. But um, they have so much firepower still, I feel like, on that offense. And if they figure out Dalvin Cook, that will help not only my fantasy team, but it will help the Vikings too. So... Um, I have a lot of hope in this team. I'm interested to see where they go. There's no team that is more consistently disrespected in these rankings than the Packers. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we never want to rank the Packers <laughs> they where they actually deserve though. to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. I saw the Packers rated above the Vikes in so many power rankings this week. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that's, I don't that's ridiculous either. Yeah. Yeah. They've barely squeaked out two of their three wins against teams the that are, might be actively pretty bad. Yeah, like I don't know how good the Bucks are. And yeah. like the Patriots, I think are a pretty bad team. So they needed an OT to beat Bailey Zap. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> I think it's Zappy. But oh, is it Zappy? Zappy's oh, that's so much more better. fun. Yeah, really Zappy's Zappy's Zappy. Zappy. yeah. Is he the Western Kentucky Fingers guy? Crossed. Yeah, yeah, fourth up? round. Well, I Shout pulled that out, out exactly. of exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to say on my, this podcast. No one's going to challenge you. Five. I don't think anyone else is. <laughs> Why are the three and one Giants better than the three and one Packers? We're going to see in London next week. <laughs> Wait, are they playing in? Yeah, they played. Oh, in they are. Holy yeah, they did. It's the first ever London matchup of winning teams, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because it's always the Jaguars. Oh yeah, it's so always the Jaguars. Wait, like why the are they playing Falcons. so many games? The, in this London. was the year that they should have actually booked. The well, they Jags, play one in Germany too. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's are Tom Brady, a, right? Yeah. Are they doing a Mexico one again at some point? Are they trying oh to do gosh. that? Wow, this game. At some at some though. point, they're gonna have to play games in the U.S. Don't you don't think? Let's get a game in Alaska. Where's their representation? <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly. a U.S. territory. <laughs> okay. I feel like we're gonna get some 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 quite a bit of comments and for leaving the Bucks, Rams, and Packers out of our. Uh, power rankings. So I've seen them in so many p- top tens still, even though the Rams have done nothing. Well, the Rams are all purely reputation. Yeah, the Rams, the Rams are not Rams a good bat- football. I saw team. them at five in one power ranking, and I was Who like, was "What? Insane!" <laughs> no, the the I think ESPN's power rankings are awful. They have the Chiefs at one, the Bills at two, the Eagles at three, the Packers at four, yeah. the Dolphins at five. The Rams at six, the Vikings at yeah, seven, the Bucks at eight, the Ravens at nine. Like I just like there are a lot of questionable ones. Yeah, yeah, the Packers, Packers at four. four. I just think That's ask yourself one. this: <laughs> out of all of the ten teams that we listed—Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins, Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals, 49ers, Jacksonville, and Vikings—are any of the 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 Bucks, the Packers, or the Rams blowing out any of these teams? Because I don't think so. 
I think that's your answer. Do they do they feel dominant enough to blow out any of these teams? Maybe the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, thanks. The Cowboys' that. defense is really good, so I give them credit. And and Cooper Rush, man. Mm. Wyatt, where if we expanded to thirty-two, <laughs> where would you put the Giants? Fourteen. I think that's oh, reasonable. Okay. Yeah, I guess there. That is, worst, yeah, that's kind of surprising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that we're fantastic. Uh, K- Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. I don't think I've caught a single pass for us this entire season. So, you know, as far as like our wide receiver contributions to the team, very slim. But Saquon Barkley looks like he's uh, back to his Penn State self. So, you know, we wasted a, a second overall pick on him. Watch and look at Josh Allen. Look how fantastic he is. <laughs> what could have also been? to add but the Jones, validity. You know? To add validity to our top ten, the Bucks win over the Cowboys is the only win that the Packers, Bucks, and Rams have over a power ranked team. So that actually makes me feel more mm. comfortable about it. Yeah. And Cooper Rush wasn't playing in that game. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's an asterisk. It would have been one. way different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on to another recurring segment: our Thursday night football predictions. This week we've got. Two kind of struggling teams, the Colts at the Broncos. Kinda. Wyatt, we're going to start with you. What's your prediction? Part of my research is I look up what, what uh, their offense is ranked. The Colts yeah. are ranked 32nd so far in the league uh, offensively, and the Broncos are ranked 30th. So what a game <laughs> we finally get. Again, a very tough game between two powerhouses. I, th- I would love to be really right about this and say that the Colts are going to blow them out. Because I was uh, on the Colts train last year, and I definitely am not a Russell Wilson fan. But I think Frank Wright is on the hot seat. I think the Broncos have shown a little bit better than what the Colts have. And I'm going to go Broncos win 12-10. to 10. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Why we have – did you look at my notes? Um, no, I'm sh- I didn't have anything too much more in-depth past – Past the fact that Amazon Prime commercials have been billing this as two offenses with serious offensive firepower, and the stat that you just gave away that they're worst and third worst in offense is fine. <laughs> uh, I, I put the I said Broncos twelve to five. We're not gonna see the we're not gonna see the best football from either of these teams on a short week. I'm sure. So I don't think this is gonna be high scoring at all. I say I say Broncos twelve to five. See. If you if you get the safety right, I will pay you money. That's <laughs> such right. a yeah, you buy him another Cowboys <laughs> ticket. Yeah, Air yeah, Fly. exactly. Uh, wait, That's who, an automatic win for that. If, if we I'll bet buy him that. a Colts ticket because the Colts would be the team. No one wants safety. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who wants to go to Round trip to Indianapolis. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've also got the Broncos here. I'm going a little bit higher scoring. I'm going 2016. Broncos continue to underperform. It's honestly just boring to talk about at this point, but someone's got to win this game, and I agree that the, well, the Colts... Well, neither team wants to. to. Like, yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. The Colts could just, you know, pull a, a week one, right, again. So, um, you know, besides their weird, fluky win against the Chiefs, they've just looked absolutely terrible. You know, they were down 24-3 to this weekend and then started a very lame comeback that obviously came up short. So... Russ started to cook a little bit against the Raiders, you know, a, a really good team in the Raiders. Uh, but I think he'll continue to look competent. Um, so I think the Broncos will win a game that will be incredibly frustrating to watch. They do not recommend. Uh, but I think the Broncos take it. 
Okay, Bart. I'm I'm keeping the Broncos train going here. I also this is a terrible yeah, like you said it okay, so I looked up the the Vegas odds for this and the Broncos are favored by three points, which apparently in betting parlance means that the odds makers think it's a coin flip because you get three points for being at home, like by default. <laughs> oh. So who knows? So but zero. yeah, I think I, I know Russ has not looked like himself this season, but he at least can take care of the ball. Matt Ryan apparently already has nine fumbles and five interceptions, which is outrageous. <laughs> In four games, it's awful. So that, that contributes probably to the Colts' offense being so bad. I, I just think the Broncos seem like a slightly more talented team. I don't know where that's coming from. Like The Colts have the impressive win over the Chiefs, but I agree. I don't know. The Broncos just feel like the right pick. So I'm saying 27-21. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan is currently on pace to set the record for QB fumbles in the season by, like, a lot. I think it's in the 20s from, like, Kerry Collins back in, you know, 2001. Oh, I was going to say Carson Wentz or something. Yeah, that's a very reasonable guess right there. <laughs> exactly. Colts QB is just... Oh, yeah, right. It's a tradition. <laughs> okay, Lucas, you got... Please say the Colts, yeah. I did. Yes. I did say the Colts. I think I went Colts 21-17. It's a tough one, like we've talked about. Both picks genuinely bad, so it's kind of just... Both teams genuinely bad, so it's just kind of a, a vibes pick, but I think the Broncos <laughs> lost Javante Williams. Uh, he's out for the season. Some bad energy going around. I don't trust Russ either. I know Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor have also been awful this year, but I think maybe they're due for at least one good game eventually. <laughs> and so I'll pick that to be this game. And I think the Colts eke out a, a very narrow 21-17 victory. I've had the number one overall pick in uh, this year, and I had it last year. This year I picked Jonathan Taylor. He's done absolutely nothing this year. And last year I picked McCaffrey and he got hurt in like week three or something like that. <laughs> hmm. I'm convinced that you should just pick a wide receiver, honestly, at this point. Well, this, just pick this year no, I totally Cooper agree. Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a number one pick in one of my drafts, and I took Jonathan Taylor, and I just wish I took Cooper Cup. Like, yeah. That, that was the right move. Yeah. Whoever Jared picks in fantasy, stay away from. You better hope he's not on your favorite team. I think that's... It's the Madden curse. There is, well, okay, so there was <laughs> yeah, a Dalvin funny... Cook's not playing well right now either. Shoot. He was my number one overall pick. In who's your, who's your other wide receivers, Jared? Um, they're doing well. Tyreek Hill is one. Um. I have to look again. I don't know off the top of my head. But I know Tyreek Hill's one. He's doing really well. I had a friend who I was playing fantasy football with, and he drafted uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who then had to require <laughs> elbow surgery. And then he decided that he was going to pick up someone else who ended up getting hurt for the first four weeks. And then he was like, you know what? I'll go and get Andrew Luck. And then he retired. So I was like, dude, you just <laughs> just stop picking up quarterbacks. It's bad luck. Yeah, you just play without a quarterback for the rest of this year. That's funny. Okay, we're going to close with one more recurring segment. I guess we're predictable on this podcast, uh, but we got to do it. We do it every week. The Blue Collar Team of the Week. Jared, who are you crowning as the Blue Collar Team of the Week in college football? I'm not going to overthink this too, too much. I'm going to go Missouri, actually. Um, it was a David versus Goliath. I, I think, I don't know if it was last week or the week prior, we picked another blue key, blue collar team of the week that lost, right? Or somebody considered it. I can't remember I, I considered it, it, but I did Okay. Well, I'm picking a blue collar team that lost because, you know, they tried, you try to stick it to the man and most of the times you're going to lose. So I think it's a little bit more uh, of an <laughs> embodiment of uh, David, not David versus Goliath, but 
the little man versus the 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 system, let's say. Um, so they they rushed for over 100 <laughs> yards against a, a really good Georgia defense, and only Oregon's been able to do that this year. But Oregon only scored three points. So you know how Missouri got around that? They just kicked field goals. They had five field goals in this game to score their 22, 22 points and one touchdown. Um, blue collar. <laughs> that's just chipping away and grinding. Yeah, that's very blue. It is. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to say Missouri for the for this week. I love that pick. I really wanted them to win. It would have been fun. Oh yeah, I've been way fun. <laughs> They're also another cool thing too for the uh, for the people. Some guy on Twitter. I don't know who he was. Maybe he was famous. Said he was gonna buy. Uh, he was gonna put like a two thousand dollar tab at some bar in Missouri if they won. And then one of their barstool guys also was like, "I will put two thousand dollars down too." And I'm not sure if the barstool guy did, but the other guy, I'm pretty sure, put down two thousand dollars even though they lost. That was cool. Oh, wholesome. Yeah, I'm still why why it's blue collar team of the week last week is still my vote for blue collar team of the year. Kansas is still yeah undefeated. They're playing. They're doing game day, and then they're gonna play a 9 a.m. Pacific game. I, I don't know. I don't know. Are they in, is Kansas Central time? They're probably Central time. Yeah, it is. So they're playing at 11 a.m. Yep. They didn't even put mm-hmm. them at night. Come on now. I know. That's how much. But they hey, care then about number you. 17 TCU. The um. Every Big 12 game this weekend has a ranked team in it, except for Oklahoma, Texas. I saw that. <laughs> Everybody was like, the, the Big 12 is dropping their dead weight. <laughs> Going to the SEC. Uh, well, speaking of something that has no dead weight in this podcast, we love that you're listening to all five of us all the time, and we'd love for you to keep listening. Uh, so tune in next week to hear me, Jared, Bart, Wyatt, and Aiden. Have some good takes, and so you're staying tuned. Uh, keep it posted on everything. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Follow us on all our social media at lunchpailguys underscore. That's Instagram, that's TikTok, that's Twitter. And yeah, keep listening, and we'll see you later in the week.